3: Welcome to The Reel Down on Paddling Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything but tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to a Reel Down on Paddling Fin. Uh, thank you for tuning in. As always, whether you're watching or listening. Uh, listen. How you doing, Jimmy?
1: Pretty good, man. What's going on?
3: Doing good, man. I'm, I'm still digging that background. I I feel so ghetto. Uh, like, like tonight I was watching uh, KBM with Tyler there, and like, you know, everybody. It's like everybody in the podcast game. They got all this nice stuff now, and I'm I'm feeling, I am feeling left out in the cold.
1: Yeah, I was looking at uh same thing i saw i've seen lambert's setup his setup's awesome but i i never noticed that jeff's got like the lights that glow in the background of his that looks pretty sick so i'm gonna have to figure something out yeah
3: (laughs) like ten dollar amazon lights i I gotta get together man i gotta step up my game i'm feeling like josh from dark waters like oh like i'm i'm like lower level with him
1: not to hate on any of our guys but at least you're not in front of a cardboard box like milky
3: Yeah, he like his Milford like (laughs) his box doesn't even fit his screen. If you all, hopefully, you only listen to the noob show because if you ever watched it, like his background doesn't even fit the frame of his picture. Like it It was hilarious
1: (laughs) that show. I don't even remember what episode that was, but that was hilarious when we talked about that.
3: It's it's funny that they get you know, like they probably get the most listens because there's less people who are into tournament fishing than there are getting into it, which is, I mean, that's obvious, but you know, yeah, that's, that kills me, but
1: yeah, Yeah, it's still funny. Yeah,
3: There we go. But I got some people jumping on. Hey, what's up, Brad? (laughs) Yes, it is not new year. Not yet. But uh, actually tonight's going to be our last live show for a while. We might come back and do it eventually, but, uh, but for now, uh, what's going on, Armando. Uh but for now we're going to take a break from the live show. Just good time. It's in the
1: season, you know. It's yeah. Holidays we got coming. all the winners covered.
3: Yeah, there's no reason to do it right now. So we're going to take a break from the live. But uh, but we have a great show tonight and we are doing it live. Oh Lord, here's Milford right here. Y'all obviously haven't watched me in a while. That background's been gone for a while. I have not. I listened to your show. Yeah. I can't look at you anymore, buddy. No
1: reason to look at that face, no man.
3: <laughs> and Matt Linsman, he did good on check. Well, he was up there. I don't, I don't remember how good he did. It's, it's it was tough. It was tough on everybody. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but we have the three people who did the best. So here we go. We'll go ahead and bring them on. We have a uh, uh, the three men who who did the best. We have a uh, Tyler Cole from Iowa. We have Brandon Strock from North Carolina, and Tyler Stuhlman from. Duluth, Minnesota, and dude, y'all had a sale on your on your drawers today, and I thirty percent off, and I got <laughs> they're on their way. Y'all have the best underwear in the game,
4: and there there, there is there. a Duluth trading in Duluth. Uh, it's just not that company's not actually from there. Y'all got one here oh. in Birmingham, and you don't have one there. We, we have a Duluth trader in in Duluth. Oh, okay, but you know, Duluth's not a, a very real big town. It's combine it with with superior over in wisconsin which i will never don't record this i'll never admit that we're part of them but um it's uh (laughs) there's about a hundred thousand or so people in the the metro area
3: gotcha i've never been i've actually seen like pictures of it it's a it's a beautiful place i mean oh
4: it is it is but
3: i i I, i'll start with you how did you like tell us about yourself and I gotta know because I, I looked on your Facebook it said you're from Shreveport
4: how the heck did you get to <laughs> Minnesota well you know yeah I'm, I'm from Shreveport um and yes Caddo was my my home lake growing up as a kid which uh, I'm looking forward to because I haven't fished it in 30 years and most of that fishing was into the trees so um <laughs> and yeah, And, you know, one of my parents moved to Texas and one stayed in Louisiana and I kind of moved back and forth and did, did a, did a stint in the Navy for, you know, t- 10, years and playing around in some submarines. And when I got out, went back to Texas and that's where I met my wife and she's a university professor, got a job in Minnesota. And so I, I officially moved to Minnesota. Um, I, there most of the year but my business is still in texas so okay i'm, I'm here and make the money that pays for my my fishing and
3: and how did you get into kayak
4: fishing um after i moved to minnesota it was you know the summers are just so nice i've been from from texas and 100 degree summers. about the only decent thing to do is to go you know lay in water somewhere if you're going to go outside so Uh, it was so nice. You know, we bought my wife and I bought little kayaks and I decided to buy a little Zebco rod and buy a license and start fishing again. And it took me about a month of doing that. And I bought a canoe and started floating the river, had four or five, four rods and dropped two of them in the river and bought four more. And (laughs) just, it just progressed. I, that, that, that end of 2018, that was 2018, the end of that year. I fished in one local tournament here and won, uh, which wasn't saying much because I only caught one fish. Only three fish were caught, and mine just happened to be the biggest. But, uh, yeah, I won that, and I was hooked. The next year kind of played around a little bit with the local tournament and got into uh, KBF a little bit towards the end of the year um, and made the the challenge – uh championship at lacrosse got to go to lacrosse and actually didn't qualify for the national championship at Gunnersville. i was one of the 12 people that chad grandfathered in and i've just been plugging away at all these national tournaments trying to learn 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 so yeah so it's
1: gotta learn that you go ahead it's been there. a little you bit all into the
3: states up. fishing. Yeah, so and then we'll work our. Because Scott got third, and Brandon, you got second. Tell us about yourself, man.
5: Uh, I was um, born and raised Cookville uh, area in Tennessee. Uh, uh, never left. I did a little bit in the Marine Corps and I traveled a little bit. And uh, when I got out, I, I started working for uh Terry Golden, a guy that I fished yeah. with. I think I had him on last week. And uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I did a lot of the uh the local. Uh, boat tournaments and stuff and uh, what ended up happening is uh, I had a lower unit freeze and go out and uh, Terry talked me into getting a a Hobie and I bought a PA-14 first thing and uh, that was two years ago and I've just been fishing around here since
1: Uh, and I don't
5: think I I could ever go back man I love this this kite stuff.
1: You went big right out of the gate man straight into a Hobie
5: yeah, well, I mean, uh, if if you know Terry too, uh, there there wasn't anything else. You know, he said you got to get this one. I said, all right, you know, let's go do it tomorrow. <laughs> Terry says that I'll do it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So uh, and uh, you know, I've, I've moved around kayaks since then a little bit, but uh, I'm back in a hobby and man, I love them. Uh, I, that drive, it's it's awesome. But uh, yeah, I I love. Uh, this whole kayak fishing business. And uh, if, if it wasn't for it, I probably would have never started fishing Gunnersville and Chickamauga and stuff like that. You know, uh, Dale Hollow and Center Hills where I grew up fishing, but yeah. since then I've kind of got to go out and go see these really big lakes and meet a lot of people. So it's been a good, good deal.
3: And did, yeah. do you live in North Carolina now? What's that? You live in North Carolina now?
5: Uh, No, I was stationed there. Uh, I'm back uh, in Cookeville right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Heck
3: yeah. Tyler, how about you? First place, a man with a big trophy.
2: Yeah, just just barely edged it out. Um, I'm a Midwest boy, born and raised in Iowa. Uh, The Mississippi River is my home. I mean, I live I live about forty five minutes from there. Uh, started kayak food. I bought a kayak, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, just for floating our little rivers around here. Like I would, I come from the background of walleye and crappie. And then I got into doing, doing one online event that was like a multi-species and it was every, every month was something different. And it just, it got me started. And then I caught like 99 inches of bass that month and I'm like these things are stupid (laughs) (laughs) I love it (laughs) and I've been yeah but they say that about
4: us sometimes too
2: (laughs) that there is no doubt I mean you would (laughs) you would think that a fish with a brain the size of a pea could make us literally pull our hair out but they do and yeah I just I I had a killer year in 2017. Uh, ended up at Hobie Worlds in 2018. Uh, I was a director. What location Friday. was that one? That was a mall, Sweden. That's so freaking cool! Like, oh, that's awesome. it was it was definitely a trip of a lifetime. I mean, Hobie Hobie puts it out. I mean, they they really by by like Thursday, you're tired of eating caviar. You know, that's. <laughs> That's the kind of event they bring you to. That's so okay. cool. What species I mean, was that one? That was Pike and Perch. And the perch I I still say are nobody I never saw one the whole time I was there. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a myth that they're in there, but <laughs> but I mean definitely definitely a cool event. And then uh twenty nineteen I took Iowa Angler of the Year. I did it in 2017. Pretty much took 18 off because of worlds, and then 19 I came back and won the Iowa Angler of the Year again. And then this year has just been a mess. But yeah, I got hammer. Yeah, I got a TOC win in 17 before the TOC was cool.
6: Back <laughs> when it was it.
2: Back when it was at Fork with Cody Prather and them, and. You know, <clears throat> I so don't. let's sum
3: this up. You don't suck. <laughs> I,
2: no, I'm a director. I suck at fishing, so I'm a director. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what kind
3: of kayak are you in?
2: Um, I, I, I just finished my last tournament in a Hobie. Okay. And I'll be I'll be switching brands next year.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Where are you so, going?
2: I I can't say yet.
1: <laughs> 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 but, One of these days, we're going to get the you know, you heard it here first on the
2: show. <laughs> no, it'll it'll be it'll be it'll be good for fishing national levels. So here we go.
1: What hobby are, are you you're in right now?
2: I actually I'm still riding my original PA fourteen that I bought in twenty sixteen. I actually I bought a twenty sixteen demo and I've I've just never got out of it holds up yeah i mean they're they're bulletproof i'm still using the original the v2 drive i mean the things they don't blow up i got a 180 drive
4: that i never use
1: if you you do a facebook marketplace search i mean things change on the pas but for the most part it's the same boat and they seem to last i mean i can't speak but i mean you see people selling 2014 pa 14s they yeah. look
2: like they're more than capable of lasting for a long time. Absolutely. And I mean they uh, they make a they make an awesome platform. I mean, the biggest the biggest thing for me is I don't like my rods up in the air.
5: Yeah. I fish, yeah.
2: I fish underneath yeah. things and next thing I know I'm all wrapped up. So having the ability to lay 'em front and back next to your seat was huge to me. Well, hell, yeah. don't
3: talk them up too much, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh I, I I'll never say a bad word about Obi but I mean that thing carried me a long ways. Cool.
3: So uh all right so who wants to give us the for anybody that hasn't been to we'll say chick cuz I'll <clears throat> mispronounce it we kind of talked about that with Terry and all the different ways you can pronounce it. Uh who who uh, Brandon you're probably the closest you want to give us a Kind of overview of the lake and and tell tell us kind of all about it.
5: Um, How it and it's,
3: out. You know, typical
5: Tennessee river lake. Uh, it's got a lot of good grass. Uh, they ain't you know out there spraying it, and uh, it's it's one of those lakes that you could go out and get skunk. You know, like you know, and be hard like the other day was. But any given cast, you know, you can have a ten or twelve pound fish on. I mean, it's. It's crazy. There's not another lake I've ever fished like it. Uh maybe the closest being Gunnersville. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay.
5: I've Which seen do watch, I don't know how TV many K-A
1: goes both places.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah, and them guys, you know, I'm I'm probably live the furthest away out of anybody that in that club. I think it takes me like an hour and 45 minutes to get there, but uh it's a uh, I mean, I travel. I go that far just to fish it, you know. And there's clubs closer. I mean, I love that place, and and it's it's getting a little wor- or harder, you know. Uh, seeing that Saturday, um, I'm this time last year it seemed like it was a lot better, but still, uh, the fact that you can go any day on any part of that lake and catch uh, a ten pound bass or or bigger uh, is is unreal. I mean, a uh, a guy I worked with uh, two years ago had one. I think it was like fourteen nine or or something like that out of saudi creek. Uh it was uh, real close to the the record. I mean it's it's just unreal. It's a definitely awesome place to be.
3: So with with such a big lake, how did y'all go into practice saying, okay, this is the area. You, you know, you have such a big body of water. How did you decide where you wanted to practice? Scott, we'll, we'll we'll start with you.
4: Uh for me it was it was an extension of of Gunnersville, really. In um, that first day at Gunnersville, I, I... At Gunnersville, I did really good in practice. I caught fish every day. Some of the National at, Championship. At the National Championship. I caught a lot of fish. Like, I knew... I had a spot pattern. I could go to Chick right now... Or I could go to Gunnersville right now and catch five spots, you know, in an hour. Like, I, I knew I could catch spots. My problem on day one was that... I thought I had a fifth fish submitted already and didn't. And left, told my buddy, hey, I'm gonna go upsize a fish and went to go try to find some bigger fish and didn't realize till basically the end of time, the day one, that I didn't have five fish. And so, day two, I said, all right, I'm going to. Uh, I saw beautiful hard bottoms up here, caught a couple of smallmouth in practice, said, I'm going up here. Where the bottom's hard and there's deep holes, and I'm gonna fish for smallmouth, and I caught some monsters at Gunnersville, and, and lost two, and um, nearly still made the the top hundred, and said, so when I saw, I saw Chick, I was like, I kind of made a last minute decision to actually do, go into the tournament, but first thing I did is I started looking for that that skinnier water, with maybe a hard bottom. And I knew with the temperature and the pull down that small, smallmouth would be in play because I gambled that guys would maybe catch a, a 21 plus, but that most of the rest of the limit might not fill out. Right, And that was my gamble. And, and we didn't even fish, like we had a pretty good spot pattern. It was just not as good of a, it was a worse logistical float and didn't even fish that. That had been a two day tournament. I'd have had a limit of, of 16, 17, 18 inch spots because we were yeah. catching spots like crazy too. I spots and that didn't even count all the dinks and the 20 pound plus catfish I caught <laughs> on a drop. What shot. you were,
1: what you're saying about your plan held true too. Cause if uh, anybody that wasn't following along with the tournament, uh, 15 people caught a limit. Uh, there was, I think one person in the top, uh, 15 that had four fish. Uh, but for the most part, it was a, just a struggle, a lot of small fish. I mean, and there were five fish limits that were all small fish, you know, it was just the fact that you were able to get five, five bites in the boat. So
4: yeah, I got, I called, I called a 12 and a 13. Um, I tried to swing about a 14 and a half spot in the boat and he spit my bait. And, but it it was really, I tell you what it was. It one, it was having a really good fishing partner, Joey, we got fifth in the the tournament. You know, he and I, we pre fished. We just, we have different, a little bit different techniques and we just kind of blanketed the spot that I said, the bass are going to be here. And we just blanketed until we got on the pattern. And that stuck and that and that new old, I got a new old town, you know, autopilot and that thing is just money in the river.
3: Do you have the, the 12 or the, the big 13? The big
4: one. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is so scary. St- <laughs> I could stand up in two foot waves and wind. It'll hold in the rear. I stand up and crankbait in the river. And that was, that was about it. And I just got on the bottom. That was that's what I caught him on in at Gunnersville. Got him on the got on the bottom and smallmouth were biting.
3: And here, I'll, I'll
4: go over all the numbers of
3: uh, Tyler, obviously, first place with 89 and a half. Brandon second with 87. Uh Scott, third with 81 and a half. Uh Jason Hensley with 81 inches. And then uh Scott, your buddy Joey Van, Vano with 80 and a 80 and a half. And down past that, it started to drop off and Like uh, like Jimmy said, only fifteen limits. It was
4: uh, yeah, it was.
3: It it, it was tough, you know. And now forty-eight anglers, only fifteen. We were
4: coming to Tennessee. I told people I was like, I'm always worried. Anytime Russ is in the tournament, you got to be worried, right? And and although Russ was down in there, if you actually look, Russ had sixty-eight inches and four fish. He only needed one more fish, and he would have dumped three of us in the top five.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, and Jody Queen was, I mean, I think he was round 10th, I think. You know, there
4: there was some news but but Yeah, I will have to thank Jody for posting that picture of that big fish he caught because I think that pushed a bunch of people down in the lake for sure. I think a bunch of people may have (laughs) spread out a little bit more.
1: (laughs) They went chasing Jody versus chasing fish.
4: (laughs) Chasing chasing one of those big ones.
3: All right, Brandon, how about you, man? If having some experience on the lake, how did you decide? Uh, what,
5: uh where you practice. Well, I, I went up there and practiced uh, beside the uh the uh, plant, uh the the nuclear plant or whatever, uh just another community hall. I've I've practiced a little bit up towards the Watts Bar Dam. Uh I grew up fishing down there and I, I love, you know, been from Center Hill and Dale Hollow, I love smallmouth. Uh but I, I found out in the past that if unless I'm absolutely on them, uh, I just end up going to Chester Frost. Uh, I've been beat way too many times down there. Um, there's a couple community holes down there. I think Jake Wheeler won down there not long ago this year. And uh, there's yeah. two or three good humps in that bay. And, uh, you know, I plan on just throwing a rig. I didn't even take, I, I know I didn't even take a frog because I'd practiced earlier that week and it was cold. And I thought, man, I really ain't getting a lot of action out this grass. And I took some chatter baits just in case. And, uh, i get there and you know i miss a couple and it wasn't really as active as i wanted it to be and uh I, I saw tyler back there i mean the fishing that grass and i think that you know that place is pressured a lot especially that area with pleasure boaters too normally earlier in the year but you know the fact that me and him we were really close and we still finished you know up this high two. says a lot about that place um yeah.
1: If you just stay
5: patient with them down there, you can get on them. There's fish everywhere.
1: Did you have a lot of company down there, kayak, from guys in the tournament? Because that's where I had uh, planned I on going. In, yeah,
5: I was worried about that when I pulled in. I was, uh, I was the first one there at the jet ski ramp, anyway, and yeah, uh, I think there was five or six other people pulled in beside me, and there were some others down the other place, but I really didn't see very many people uh, until I got around the campground where where uh, Tyler was fishing. Uh, maybe one or two other people throughout the day. I think everybody stayed, they traveled or stayed real shallow. You know, I was out there in the middle of the lake most of the day until I decided to pack it up and throw that jackhammer.
1: You know, I'd have been out there with you, man. That was my whole game plan before work got in the way is I was going to camp down there and just run all over that bay and maybe a little outside the bay just put that the two areas you said, you know, the, the power plant and Chester Frost, mm-hmm. I was going to make it work or just go home with nothing. So I hate I didn't make well, it because apparently there, there it was a good plen- idea.
4: There were plenty of drum around the power plant. Yeah. <laughs>
5: oh, yeah. I, I tell you, I call it my first four uh, right there beside the ramp. I mean, I put in, I started fishing the grass right there at the ramp. Uh, I don't know why that place gets overlooked. And, you know, I don't care to tell anybody where I fish or what I throw but i was sitting there fishing right on the ramp and guys just running up and down the lake and you know uh i know a lot of, i didn't see really anybody else get on them in the boats or nothing but uh just put in and start fishing right there i mean there's fish that's where every tournament goes out at you know which they dump the fish there's right. fish there you just got to stick with them so that was my plan anyway
1: and what was your what was your go-to did you catch most of it on the jackhammer?
5: yeah uh i you know that i started out uh i caught a couple of non-keepers on the rig early on uh i went back there there's a hump in the back of the bay uh birds started flying early that morning diving and i thought you know i just followed them for a little while and uh and then i was just getting short strikes i wasn't really hooking up on anything i thought you know i'm it's warming up i'm gonna get picked up a little bit at that time and which i really wanted it to but uh uh, I thought, well, I'm just going to go throw this jackhammer on these grass lines, and and dude, I mean, I did that back and forth all day long.
1: So that's what I had talked about it when we had Steve on. That was the whole thing I was going to do: is come up there and just throw the chatter bait until I blew my shoulder out. So, yep. yeah, and, nice to know. I might have had a chance.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, and pretty much after after the spawn, that's my old game plan for the year. You know, uh, until <laughs> winter. I'd, I'd rather fish with it really, really cold. And it just wasn't cold enough for me. I almost didn't fish this tournament, you know, and I come out and practiced, and it, it just wasn't cold. And, uh, I, I thought, well, I'll just give it a shot. But yeah, until it gets real cold and starts icing up the line, I mean, that's pretty much all I do. And as long yeah. as it keeps working, I'm going to do it. I don't care. So. How
4: about you, Scott? We didn't ask you how you caught them. Uh, I would, you know, you know that bin at Bass Pro Shop that's got the cheap two two dollar and fifty cent Bass Pro uh, baits. Heck yeah. yeah, that's what I call it. Uh, that I did my damage with that. Um, at Gunners, because I learned it at Gunnersville. Gunnersville, they were hitting the that sexy shad color, but up here because uh, it got a, it was a little bit colder. I went with a yellow with the black back, yellow brown back color, okay. and the small is just in. The drum. Pretty (laughs) much everybody was honed in on that. Um, And then I and I mix that with the pumpkin seed color in a DT and the deep that 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 color just for some some reason that color just does money. If I can find find the fish pulling that thing through grass or on on the bottom, smallmouth, especially that thing gets to be real deadly with a smallmouth so yeah yeah, that was pretty much it i was just i was moving up and down the current and just slow cranking and staying on the bottom and then long line it and then slow crank it and then once i went down to the end of my spot i turn around and go back the other way and do it upstream
3: okay the man who came from iowa and whooped all his southern guys i had you found the spot came to Brandon was there, a man from here who fishes it all the time. I, how did you find that area, and, and how did you get on the bite, and what did you throw?
2: I, I literally fished Sodi on Thursday and caught four fish all day. Spent way too much time there, and so I came back to the campground Thursday night and just kind of regrouped and was talking to the buddy that I traveled with. And I'm like, you know, I've been sitting here all week watching these seagulls drop on these shad schools, and there's, when you pull into the, when you pull into Chester Frost to go down to where we camp, you can see all the grass and the mat out on the main river. And I'm like, you know, what, why not just go check it out? What, what do I really have to lose, you know? Yeah. And so i literally i turned the finder on side scan set it at set it at 60 feet and just went to work and i just started putting miles on running through that running through the inside of the cove at at chester frost and there's three million shad and no bass to eat them and so i literally i went up around the corner i come back out and i'm like you know I'm just going to run down and check these grass mats quick and just cause that's fishing grass up here, like fishing the river a lot. That's, I mean, that's my focus up here. So that's my, that's my sort of strong suit.
5: Yeah.
2: And so I literally, I was throwing, throwing a chatterbait and caught two 15 inch fish in about 10 casts. And I'm like, all right, you know, maybe I'm onto something here. And so I went scanning again and I ran down a ways and around an island and kind of came back up into another backwater pocket that had grass in it. And I'm like, all right, and there's a couple of docks close by. I'm like, so I was coming back and I got right back up by the campground and where it kind of flattens off. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to throw a frog just to just to humor myself, you know. If, if there's grass, you can get a frog to eat. If it's 60 degrees, they're going to eat it. Yeah. And literally three casts in, I picked up an 18. And I'm like, well, one one fish is luck, two is a pattern. I moved ahead about 30 yards and cast it again and caught a 19 and a half. And I'm like, yep, I'm going back to the campground. And i i
1: like the i like the way you that, put that one's left two's a pattern
2: <laughs> yeah i've
3: been catching them on Gunnersville lately on, on a frog you know in, in the grass are they're, they're still biting
2: yeah i mean up here up here i start i literally i start throwing a frog at 51 52 degrees on sunny days you know so i mean we were well within range but i mean i know i know the southern fish are way different than us the northern strain we have up here but I mean, it's, it's still a bass, yeah. you know, all it is is a reaction strike anyway.
1: What, uh, what's your frog of choice you were using?
2: Uh, Booyah Pad Crasher, literally $5.97 from Walmart. And worked,
1: I've got so many of those things.
2: That It's all I use. I don't, I don't own a Frog and everybody's like, well, you gotta have a black one. You gotta have a white one. I'm like, no, it doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter what the weather is. It doesn't matter if the clouds are in the sky or if the sun's in the sky. A frog still looks like a frog, you know? Yep. So.
1: I throw I, I throw the black and red, and that's literally about it. Like, I've got – I've probably got all of the colors, but <laughs> I literally – like, I have a box of frogs. I think all of them are booyah. None of them have touched the water, but I've got, like yeah. – a black and red and a black and yellow that are just beat to
2: hell (laughs) yeah i got i got a green with a white belly and green with a yellow belly and literally have a box full of those two colors that's it (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) can't argue with what works no i mean you know you keep it simple it's it's like swindle said he fishes with a brown and black jig and when he changes it up he fishes with the black and brown jig (laughs)
3: it gets crazy and swaps the killer
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) so you're a you're big fish from the day i'm assuming it was on the frog too is that pretty much the bait that did the damage for you
2: yeah i never i literally i I, when i came out saturday morning i got to the first corner of corner of grass (laughs) mat and i threw the chatterbait twice and set it down i'm like you know this frog got me bigger fish and And when I fish with a frog, I I commit to it and I stick with it all day long. You know, a lot of guys will just throw it in the morning and then set it down. And some of my biggest bites are from 11 to 2.
1: Afternoon. Especially right now, in my opinion, this time of year. Yeah.
2: Yep. And so I literally, (laughs) I set the rod down. I set everything down and I started casting across this point with the frog and I got drilled by that 18. And it it was super aggressive and got the fish back to the boat and its belly was full so i'm like all right you know maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm right thinking that you know the fish are migrating and they just pull up here to eat for a little bit and then they move back out you know so there's it's always going to be loading yeah and i i come to find out just how wrong i was because <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally never got another bite till almost 10 30. And yeah. I had to run, I had to run clear down and around an island and I found two back to back. And that was enough to keep me, keep me going, you know, so. No, I came it's, back. it's funny
1: that you talk about committing to it because I do the same thing. Like if I'm in a, it, it's terrible. I fish Gunnersville a lot. You know, I commit to it where if I see anywhere that you should throw a frog, I'm going to throw the frog usually doesn't matter what the conditions are. And like you said, when you commit, it can work out sometimes. But there's been a lot of days where I've blanked and it's literally because I wouldn't put that frog rod down. You know, I'll have a I'll have a swipe or something from a gar and that's enough to, like, spark my interest. Like, well, (laughs) I'll take that, too. Let's just get a top (laughs) one.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing I've learned. I mean, it's it's you're either going to live by it or you're going to die by it.
1: Uh,
3: for well, sure. No. I can, I can get ignorant with a frog real quick. Like, Oh, you <laughs> want the frog? Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's
2: start the frog all day. Yeah. yeah. I can get know, about. I just figured, you know, you stop and you look at, you look at these campgrounds and everybody fishes off the bank and you always hear about the one guy catching a six pounder on a bobber, you know? So I'm like, well, there's probably one here just because there's a campground here.
1: <laughs> oh yeah no i've I've had my feelings hurt man. first time I ever fished gunnersville <laughs> the worst trip I've ever had where on the way back, there's a you know a shirtless kid covered in dirt <laughs> fishing on this broken pier, and yep. he's holding a nine pounder that he yeah. got fifteen foot from the ramp. I was like well yeah, but, the, but it, it stays in your mind forever like the like best
2: the best story I have is Lake Fork for the toc in 2017 and we literally we went in the bait shop and they had those double whopper plopper like buzz baits yeah they had them buy one get one free they literally had them on a box on the floor and this guy walks in and i mean he you know he could tell he he owns a minnow bucket and he walks over <laughs> and he grabs a couple of them and he's like these things work and i'm like well i caught some fish on them i said but they're not they're not my most favorite thing Literally goes up. He goes up, sets him on the counter, and he's fishing off a dock right in front of where we're camping. And no joke, this thing went twelve six on the scale. <laughs> Second cast on a Zebco with twelve pound test. Wow. The kind yeah. of luck that I'll never have. <laughs> you got it.
1: <laughs> that's so that's hilarious. Yeah. So but I did because we didn't.
2: Oh, I had a kid come out of a tent. He's literally in coveralls, like Carhartt coveralls. He comes out of the tent, you know, because it's 30 degrees down there in November. And he's like, hey, man, my buddy just caught a six-pounder off the dock over there. I'm (laughs) like, oh, all right. right. I'm I'm not going to cast between the bobbers, but here we are.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. But uh, something that we kind of we didn't ask that we normally ask, and since y'all each had kind of a different technique going, uh, we'll start with Scott. What what was your go to setup, like rod, reel, line, and everything?
4: Um, most of my most of my rods are um, the brand they sell at Academy. I'm in Texas, so I buy end up buying a lot of stuff down here. I get bored while I'm working. Good. <laughs> Go 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 buying stuff. Um, so yeah, the All-Star brand, uh, which it's a company that's owned by, you know, the same company that owns Berkeley and like like half the fishing, you know, manufacturing stuff. Um, but all-stars only sold through Academy. So that, that's a majority of my rods. Um, and you know, I'm cranking with a medium. Um and all-stars tend to be on a little heavy, heavy side of whatever they're rated at. So a medium uh, all stars you know just it's on the heavy side um and then um you know i threw i do have a couple of other rods some st croix rods um <clears throat> they they make a an icon rod that's for uh walleye fishing and they make it in a in a casting rod you can't find it anywhere, <laughs> I, and I got lucky and found it. I think when we were we are in somewhere. Uh, I think what was Gunnersville, or no, it was before that. But yeah, and it it's it's a heavier duty rod because I've had a couple of rods break on me this year setting hooks, and I realized that I might I might have a little bit of a quick trigger sometimes. <laughs> um, That's better than a weak hook So Yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, you know, one of my fish I caught on a tube, flipping it with that. I wasn't flipping it with a, a spinning rod, but, you know, I flipped it with that, the uh, you know, one of those St. Croix that I'll, I'll do some flipping with. And uh, and then the rest of it I was just cranking with medium crankbaits. Most, most of my <clears throat> reels are um, – you know, Luz and Abu Garcia. And I, you know, sometimes I burn through reels just because, you know, I'm, I'm practicing, but I, you know, I fish 15, 16, uh, in Minnesota we got 15, 16 hours of sunlight in the summer. Right. So I'm fishing 15, 16 hours a day, every day if possible. And so sometimes I burn through reels. Um, So, you know, I'm always looking for a decent, inexpensive reel, bought a couple of the Cast Kings, um, in that Spartacus, and because they have both um, uh, both braking systems in it. Do yeah. so you like the cast king? I- I've never used one. I, it, I've gotten i gotten where I like them a little bit better. The metal framed ones don't. That the Spartacus two doesn't have the both braking systems, so it's a little bit harder to tweak in. But if I just kind of set those aside and only use them for like a heavier. Um, bait. And one, I've got one of them. That's a 10, one. That's what I'll throw my, like a, if I throw a buzz bait or something on the surface burner and just burn, like something to burn with a 10 to one, just so, um, you know, but the, the, the other ones performed pretty well. They've been catching me fish, you know, and most, most Almost. of my, most of my lose are pretty solid. And the Ava Garcia's that I've had, I've had a bunch of the Revo's they, they were great were great reels um but you know one of the things about the the Revo uh S was that the was it the S- SX is that the the side plate pops off so yep. i got i got two of them with no side plate and during covid you can't get any kind of customer service so yeah.
1: you can't <laughs> discount those all-star rods man i used to throw those back when all-star was uh I guess before they were bought out, I've, I've still got, I think two of the original all-star rods, six, yep. foot six medium heavies that are, like you said, they're a little heavy on, on the heavy side, but they're, they're beast rods. Man. Yeah. These
4: are, these are their nano line. They're, they're not bad. They're not That's bad. The,
1: is that those that are like that hyper yellow.
4: They, they're hyper yellow. And I tell you what, in the Northern lakes, if you ever drop your rod in the lake in about 10 feet of water, yeah, having, no, a, having, a, <laughs> I, I literally dropped it, came back the next day and looked around and could barely kind of see where it was and ended up hooking it and pulling it back out. Scott, you, you weren't in Chester Frost, right? I was not. <clears throat> so I, I fished. Um, I fished from basically uh, where the Watts bar landing uh, boat ramp was um, down. Okay. So two out of three of y'all were,
3: right? Yeah. Okay. So somebody, Chris Adams asked. All
6: right.
5: Well, yeah. Brandon, what, what, what what's that uh Chatterbait set up, man? Uh I uh it's a Daiwa the Tattoo of 100s. Um uh, I'm uh, notoriously hard on all of my stuff. I mean, I uh example is I was throwing my rig, you know, earlier in the morning and a uh, it just so happened while a boat come by, you know, i backlash like crazy and I'm out there uh, cussing up a storm and so I took the side plate off my uh, Calcutta to it uh, screws putting it back on so i'm pretty rough on stuff and uh those tattulas man they're they're tanks i've yet to break one um i think i've almost every one of my bait casters is a tattula just the original tattula and uh my my jackhammer rods my my chatterbait rods are the uh the Cashin chatterbait rod uh I don't even know if they make it anymore. You know, it's hard. I just bought another one. I have two or three of them. And, uh, it's, man, it's perfect. Uh, I, you know, I've missed a bunch of them. I was, like, a, like Scott said, a, I'm pretty quick to, you know, try and set the hook on them. And uh, that that rod right there just has good delay. And it's it's helped me out a lot this year. Uh, but cash and rods, for the most part, I love them. Elite series. And uh, is that, a, is that chatterbait rod a glass blank or is it? No, it's it, no, it's not. It's um, it's just a regular, regular rod, but I think it's a seven one. They they say it's a fast, but it's not really fast, it's more like a moderate fast. And uh, it, it's rated pretty good, it's medium, heavy, and but I like it better in glass. I don't want to be throwing a glass. that's just me. Uh, you know, I don't want to wear myself out throwing a glass rod all day long, but I know a lot of guys that like them.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm still to I go to straight
5: about it myself. What, yeah, what,
3: what kind of uh, line do
5: you use? Uh, red label Seagar, Uh, fifteen pound 15. Straight most. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just because line capacity on those, I you know I use the one hundred size reels. Uh, fifteen pound. I, man, I I use that fifteen pound line on most of my stuff, uh, and uh, I just stick with red label. It's cheap. I like it. Um. I think, uh, you know, normally I'll have one, like if I'm pulling the Stealth jackhammer or something, I'll have the 12-pound tied on, but um, mostly 15.
1: What's your experience with the Stealth? I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it yet, so what do you think about it? Uh,
5: you know, I don't know. I I don't know enough. (laughs) I ain't caught enough, you know, yet. I, I think this winter I'll get a little more experience with it. Um. The fact that I throw, you know, most of the time I'm fishing that stuff around grass, I don't like it. Um, it, but
4: yeah, it, it, it played pretty well in, uh, on the lacks around the rocks. The smallmouth seemed to like it.
5: Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it a little bit into a hollow. Uh, you know, I might this winter, you know, uh, for some smallmouth, but I, I don't know enough about it yet. I, I like the hook, you know, the smaller hook. Uh, it's a lot yeah. of wire. Uh, I do like that. Um, but yeah, we'll see if they don't have a you know it's don't have as much action and it, it's quicker to file out but uh, i'm sure it has its place right you know
3: so. I, I i haven't tried it but i i'd like to use that cross-eyed one too like oh in, yeah super super heavy cover i haven't bought more mm-hmm. yet but i like i i saw something online i saw you know a picture of it today i was like yeah i forgot they came out with that i I, I could I say just, just, bought,
4: just bought a couple today yeah. in that fire oh, crawl. Got, pre- got prepped for the spring, man. I'm, I said that last
3: week. People, you must yeah. buy fire crawls before they run out of them.
4: Yeah. I think got I've
5: got, the
1: got the like steal. 30 of them. I <laughs> say.
4: Man, I remember after Gunnersville, the pros fish Gunnersville, you could not find one of those in the store anywhere. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I lucked got- out and won a raffle that had five or six of them in it and already I'm had good. like three or four of them.
3: I had some last year before the Logan Martin event. and I think I might have been the first one. To ha- I I truly think I might have been one of the first people to have some.
1: Man, I've that one's awesome. The,
0: yeah.
1: I've still got my very first one, man. I've literally I beat the too, paint yeah. off the head. Like it is uh, beat to death. I've I bought
3: four and I still have three of them. Yeah. But, all, right, all
1: right, Tyler. Tyler,
3: tell I,
2: me oh. a
1: frog setup.
3: Well, you know uh, you
2: know what frog he uses. Yeah. I mean, and, and all my, every rod I own is, uh, is a Rain Shadow Revelation blank built by Hawkeye Custom Rods over in Piazza, Iowa. That just sounds uh, this, my frog, yeah, I, I love them. They're light, super light, and they got tons of backbone. But this one's a 7'6 heavy. I mean, it's a meat stick uh it's got a 14 inch handle on it i run a, a loose super duty which is actually it's no oh, yes. more i actually blew it up on that last fish
3: <laughs> and
2: but i run i actually oh, run friend. a what they call a, an acid wrap or a spiral eye design so when you're oh, okay. first when you're in a Yeah, your your first eye is up like normal, and then it starts to rotate around. So your your tip is pointed down. So it takes it takes all the torque out of your rod. You know, you ever set the hook on a big fish and the reel wants to spin out of your hand? That takes all that away. I I,
3: know, like a Cajun baby. He was a Cliff Crochet. He was with a company that was doing that. How, How do you like that? I, it it seems like it would be counterintuitive to how a blank is set up because a blank is meant to go a certain way. Right.
2: Yeah. It actually, you actually, you spine it, you spine it to your eye down and you'll never like your, your line doesn't touch the blank, you know, like, like on your jig rod, when you're jigging that, that line's constantly slapping off your blank. Where when you go to the spiral you don't you don't feel it near as much. And yeah. just just taking the torque out of the reel, you know, we've all done it. You get hit right close to the boat, you set the hook and about lose the rod out of your hand because it wants to twist.
1: I would love and, that for my fucking punching rod, man. My punching yeah. rod, I have dropped so many times.
2: Yeah. And I mean that was one thing for me, like, so I'm a millwright by trade. So my hands, by Friday, Saturday, my my wrists and hands and elbows, are are just shot. So I did it for seven
1: and years, and the best thing I
2: ever did was get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody keeps telling me. They're like, just get out. But you know, it pays for my good. fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it it's definitely something. There's a ton of articles on it online, and definitely check it out. I mean, there's, there's very few companies that do it anymore, but I mean, if you're looking at, if you're looking at custom, I mean, any of the, any of the rain shadow builders or even out lot of Piasta, he'll, he'll ship anywhere. I'm going to have and, to write that down and take a look at it because I'm going yeah, to market definitely.
1: for a new punching rod and I'm, I'm loving all my Dobbins, but yeah, I would love to give that a shot just to see if that torque's gone. Just, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds a, pretty cool. And there's there's not, you don't see it a lot. I mean, they are, they are a little more work carrying, you know, because you have to watch your eye going up and you have to watch your eyes going down, you know, but I mean, for me, the benefits have been a lot more. I mean, you get farther out on your cast, you can really, you can really get a good hook set and use the blank to really hit the fish. And that actually, it actually came into play this weekend when I, the second to last fish, I literally ripped the lips off it.
1: I yeah, I read your story. That's insane.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it, the this fish had been caught a bunch and its lips were all tore up or what, but I literally just brought the bristles back and the end of the lip. <laughs> but, you know, but yeah. And then I do I sixty five pound suffix eight thirty two, and I I set the drag just cinch tight as as tight as I can get it. So Um, yeah, if I'm throwing
1: a frog, I don't. If anything breaks, it's going to rip the reel out of the reel seat. Right. I I feel you on that. If you blew up a Super Duty, that says something. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's a beast of a reel.
2: I have, I have literally not found a reel yet that will last me over a year. And I mean, I've been through lose. I've been through everything 13 there is in the world. I break everything 13. That's why I don't use it. Yeah. I did. I bought a Tatula SV this year and literally my, my second fish on it, the, the spool literally broke and slid over. And I mean, it was, I don't know. It's if anybody's got ideas for really good reels that hold up,
1: I'll, let me
2: know. <laughs> I, talking like you're
1: talking fishing, you know, heavy stuff and hard hitting. I, I've never broke one of my Corrado's and not, not even saying like the DC, the the low end Corados. I've got three of them. I haven't had the first, I mean, I had a, there's a little cover on the thumb button. That yep. thing flew off, but other than that, on one of them, I've never broke one, never had a slip or any malfunction. Now, I don't think you could I could say it about all Shimano's, because I, I've let my buddy borrow one uh, bed fishing this year, and he hammered, and I've never heard a reel make the clunking and clanking that my <laughs> KS did when he was done with yeah. it. He destroyed that reel. And I was bragging to him, I Five year old reel that wouldn't die, and he—I mean, one swing and he destroyed it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, literally two trips with a brand new K, and I—I I stripped the gears right out of it. Jesus. I mean, the drag—the drag wouldn't even catch. Jesus, but that's—that's that's why I bass worse. fish though. <laughs> yeah, well, but, that's well, why what, I bass what do you fish because
4: are fishing for musky or something bigger. <laughs> God, oh, I, the... I have the problem every. Every time I set a hook on a, I think it's a bass, and it's a big northern. <laughs> Damn, both times, worked, both times I broke my rod. That's what happened.
2: Dang. That's it's like I tell them, you got to set the hook like you're gonna change that bass's life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what
1: what I used to think that when I'd see the guys, you know, load up and hit that, you know, like picturesque arch and there, I was like, man, those guys are stupid. And then I had a guy no. say something about how <laughs> much of a sissy my hook sets were. And I was like, fine. And I've noticed since I start swinging for the fence, I seem to catch a lot more fish. So I just, yeah, I feel, you know, I do a lot of moving water and small water fishing. Sometimes when you do that, that poor little 12 inch fish just flies.
2: And I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah.
1: at least I caught you.
2: <laughs> right. Catch them on the way by. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs>
3: All right, well, it's almost been an hour here. Uh, we'll, we'll give everybody a, a chance to, to thank anybody who makes this easier
4: for you. We'll, we'll start with you, Scott. Anybody you want to shout out? Uh, Mostly just my wife, you know. She uh, mm-hmm. she, she gives me a lot of, of room and flexibility. She knows I love to fish, and she knows that I don't get, get to do it in Minnesota the whole year because of the cold. So she uh, she's pretty pretty cool about it, and um. You know, other than that, you know, like I said, you know, some of the association guys up here, Joey and and Zach and these guys that were helping me work on get a getting a little competitive series going up in Minnesota, try to expand some some of the upper end of fishing. Those guys appreciate any help and work that they do, and you know, just kind of my local local suppliers when I when I have them got recipe. Marine General in Duluth who hooked me up with my autopilot.
3: If you're in uh if you're in Minnesota and want, want a tournament fish, holler at Scott. And dude, you gotta get with Duluth Trading Company. I, I don't know why I don't, right? know why. I don't they know why. I don't know why there aren't national should,
4: tournaments up there, man. You you can go out and catch 50, 100 fish every day. You may not be catching. You know, it, it's hard to catch a twenty up up at where I'm at. There's there's a couple of them in the lake, but. I seem to find them every once in a while, so it would be a damn shame if you don't have like
1: the Duluth butt
3: naked kayak <laughs> trail next year. Like <laughs> that needs to happen.
1: The raffle prize for the yeah. tournaments, the, the Duluth
3: ball, uh, the ballroom kayak. Trail.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> for real, dude, the I, fire I, I hose it. award. I love their clothes. They're they're a little dad clothes, but man, I'm 41. I don't care. I'm I'm past that now.
1: I'm only 32, and i I'm, I'm dad, like I love their
2: stuff.
3: I mean, that's the, that's. Am the I like the guy.
2: old guy in the room?
4: Man, don't call. How me are you?
2: Down. I'll be 42 on Wednesday. Oh, oh yeah, dude,
4: you're young. You <laughs> I'm 45. I'm, I'm Mark. Oh, are you? Yeah,
3: we'll see. <laughs> Gotcha, has There you go. Come to Mille Lac, See? There you go. Yeah, Mille hey, Lacs. Mille- the- I will be there
4: next I, year. It's on the I list. T- I tell you what's even better than that. If I can get some <clears throat> people to come up to Schwammingon Bay up in northern Wisconsin, up in, in Lake Superior, that place has got some beasts. Hollering at I, I, I'm yeah.
3: surprised. If y'all would have got with them earlier, I, I know Paddle and Finn, they're doing a trail. Uh, Susie Roloff, they could have done a... Done an event up there that they could She's from my
4: wife's hometown. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Oh, Susie, the queen. Yeah, they they could have stopped up there because I I know they're doing Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's hard to get tournaments there just because, like any big body of water up north, like the wind, any given day, the wind could shift on you. And the bay is a little protected, but still, you know. Yeah. All right, Brandon, how about you,
3: man? I saw uh, Brad. Talking good about you on there, you know, it's, it's good if, if Brad's saying good things about you.
5: Yeah, he's lying, he takes my money all the time. You can't listen to him or Terry. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I've funded their fishing this year, I'm pretty sure. So,
1: I was fixing to say, nothing away from Brandon. Brandon's killer guy. He he already qualified for the classic at RMN in Alabama. But if you just look around on Tony X throughout the year, the Golden's run.
5: Yeah. Run, yeah, they're a good year. The the last year, both of them has done really well. I mean, they've, like I said, I've, I've I think I funded their fishing last year. They they took my <laughs> money about half the events we went to. So, but uh, I I fished for Caney Fork. Uh, so I gotta give them a shout out. Um, I mean, they're always hooking me up. Uh, they're great to work with, and uh, um, they've been a real a real help this last year, especially I got into an outback. Uh come from a, a blue sky to an outback and uh, uh, they've, a they switch they've, yeah and uh you know i like i said i'm hard on everything so uh for our state championship you know or tournament or whatever about a month ago i actually left my drive and my paddle at the ramp and turned around and went back for my outback and uh it had been it was gone so i had to fish it in my blue sky and uh so i gotta give a shout out to uh to out too because uh, i got with steve and he said, "You know, they had a a drive in stocks to say they sent me one up two days, and I was ready to go for this tournament. But, uh, yeah, Candy Fork's been been great. So, uh, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, they uh, I think they I just got a bending branches paddle from them. You know, uh, that they sent me for this tournament too. So, uh, if if anybody's ever in the area and, and needs a, you know, to look at some gear, they're always." They've got two locations and they're always they're good people to work for
3: so yeah there you go candy
2: for and uh tyler how about you um i'm with mossy oak fishing uh bassett baits out of rockford illinois he supplies me with a ton of jigs every year i actually have my own line of jigs through him that we we designed it was about yeah Uh it was about two, two two years of him being sick and tired of me giving him suggestions to make this thing. Right. So, <laughs> but and then, and Hawkeye, Hawkeye custom rods out of Piasta, Like I was talking earlier. I mean, if you, if you ever get to the point where you want to be technique specific and you really want that custom feel and not just a shelf rod, just give me a holler. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll do whatever we can to get you set up there. Uh, boondocks, um lurch's lures lurch lurch lives right on chick i mean he's he's got the juice he makes some killer little swim baits for the rigs i mean get a hold of him for that uh robo hawk is here in iowa they're an iowa based lanyard company i mean he makes some awesome stuff and I got takes wonderful. care of you yeah, he, takes care of you whether you're in a tree sitting on the ice or in your kayak you know he'll make you anything you need so and i mean my kids my kids are my biggest fans and my daughter literally snatched the trophy out of my hand and i haven't seen it since so (laughs) that's
4: awesome
2: good
3: deal guys we appreciate y'all being on and hopefully we'll have y'all again on for too long and And good luck at the classic tournament and and have a a good Thanksgiving coming up and and be safe. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yep. Bye. All right. We only got two tournaments, and one of them was connected with that bass tournament. It was, uh, yeah, Ten Cat had their club. It was uh, their club.
1: What? What's up? No, I was saying, and who won that event?
3: Oh yeah, well,
1: Brandon Struck. <laughs> uh,
3: it was thirty-six anglers. That one was only three fish, but uh, Brandon won it with fifty-five. Keith Freeze with forty-nine and three-quarter, and Eric Thomason, uh, that dude's a hammer, with forty-eight and three-quarter, and then Cummellin uh, Kayak CKT, uh, I think Cummellin Kayak T trail. There you go. Had their season closer <laughs> on Thursday. There's only 25 anglers, but and nobody else having tournaments right now, so I'm going with it. Uh, two-day tournament. Thomas Davis with 93 and a quarter. Whooped everybody. Second was Timmy Sinerong with 80 and three quarter. I know I pronounced that wrong. I'm sorry, bud. And then uh, David Hackler, Hacker with 78 and a quarter. And then our boy Adam Riser in fourth with seventy-eight inches. So yeah, Thomas Davis like destroyed the, the hammer. Almost thirteen inches. So yeah, that was a, a major beat down. But congrats to everybody. Thanks to the guys being on tonight. And uh and again, we won't be live for a while, but uh next week we have Drew Gregory, the man himself, Mr. Uh Crescent Conks, the H O the Hobie. 2020 Angler of the Year, AOY. And uh, yeah, going to talk to him about that, talk to him about just a the year they had, maybe talk a little fantasy fishing. I guess that's over now. And uh, my year was okay. A couple of guys didn't do as well as I had hoped they would. It seems so crazy now. Like you pick these people in fantasy fishing, it's like, why didn't I choose Jody Queen? Like yeah. I, I think I. I don't even know if I chose Russ Snyder. I, I know I had Cody Milton. I'd have to go back and listen. Look who I picked. Maybe you couldn't choose them all, but how did I not pick Jody, Russ, and Cody? Like, yeah, that's ridiculous to not choose those three people. And Drew, I would, how would you not choose Drew?
1: Yeah, he he definitely showed up and showed out in tournament fishing this year. Yeah, and, and he for didn't sure.
3: start at Hobie late. He just came like, Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and fish Hobie and then boom, angler of the year right at the end. So just came out of nowhere. Like, you know, for, at the beginning of the year it was Kurt and Kurt's awesome. Go back and listen to a noob show from this week. He was just on there. But uh um yeah, I mean some other people were doing great this year, and then just Drew showed up and said, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take that AOI. So I, I'm gonna this, I, I'm gonna go ahead and get that Halloween colored Hobie, and I'm just gonna sell it because you know I like Crescent no. Cuts. I, I don't even want your Halloween colored Hobie.
1: <laughs> well, uh, before we go, I was gonna, uh, you know, like you said, we're we're gonna cut the live thing for a while. It's kind of end of the season, but for anybody in the the southern Tri-state area, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, or anybody coming down. The dugout uh, winter series is still going. You still got uh, the month of December to fish. So come on down. And then I was going to give them a shout out too because I actually won something finally on one of their giveaways. They're giving away all sorts of stuff every week. So appreciate them guys on that. And then uh, just kind of a as the year closer, you know, shout out to all the clubs that you know make it possible for us to talk about tournament fishing and all the directors that put in hard work and all the all the sponsors and companies that are coming on to believe in kayak fishing and you know just thanks to everybody and can't wait to see how 2021 looks it's gonna be bigger than ever if i had to guess
3: yeah and we're, we're about to make that transition from you know well, we'll talk to drew next week and we'll we'll you know we're kind of going after that show we'll branch out we'll be talking about all kind of state of the industry state of rules changes you know all the cool things we get talked about in the winter that we don't whenever we're talking about tournaments during the middle of the year that we don't get talked about so that's always fun to be a change of pace for us so yeah a lot of cool shows coming up looking forward to that but uh yeah check us out if you watch us live every week you have to listen to us on all the different podcasts but you know I don't know. podcast. it's 2020. Get That's with the it. Thing, man.
1: I mean, everybody's got holiday breaks coming up.
3: Yeah, but most people listen on the podcast anyway, so...
1: That's right. There
3: you All right. But, uh, yeah, if you're... Hey, if you're out there kind of can be safe, bring a splash bag. Like, go with a friend. Be careful. Seriously.
1: It's... I don't do any of those things, so don't be like me. Yeah. Don't be I mean, like... Don't, don't be like Jimmy.
3: And wear your PFD. Seriously, it's... It's that time of year. Be safe. That's right.
1: All right. Happy Thanksgiving.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Talk to y'all next week. Later.